Welcome to the Love is Coming podcast, the must-listen show for single women struggling to attain or sustain a romantic relationship. I'm your host, Persia Lawson, author, speaker, and according to the Times Magazine, one of the UK's most successful love coaches. Before that, I was a serial cheat and obsessive love addict, but I'm now a bride-to-be and in the best relationship of my life. So, If you're trying to do the work on your love life, you are definitely in the right place. But here on the Love Is Coming podcast, we serve your education with a side of entertainment. Expect serious stuff talked about not so seriously, solo Agnian episodes with yours truly, and guest episodes showcasing some of the best in the biz in ways you've never seen them before. So, got a dating dilemma? Swiping right but haven't yet found Mr. Right? then let's get raw, real, and a little bit inappropriate because love is coming for you, baby, in more ways than one. Hello, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Love Is Coming podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. This is a very special episode. I say that at the beginning. I've realized I say that at the beginning of most episodes, but this really is a special episode because we have got a very gorgeous woman with us today, Hannah Horton, who is a graduate of my flagship eight-week love coaching program, Get Your Soulmate, and she's also an all-round legend. Hannah, how are you? <laughs> great introduction. <laughs> I'm great, thanks, gorgeous. It's nice to be here. It's so Proper. nice to have you here. We were just saying before we press record that, like, so I'm with I'm filming this on the Isle of Wight. Joe, my fiance, is doing a um, a TV job. He works as location manager in the film uh, film and TV industry. And so I've been like living on the Isle of Wight. Everyone's apparently in lockdown in London, but you can't really tell here. It's very chilled. And Hannah, like literally, if I look out my window now, there's the sea, and <laughs> Hannah is on the other side. I can literally see the lights of Portsmouth. So it's oh. so nice to know that you're actually very close. So close. Like if I, it's three minute walk for me to the sea. So I can see the Isle of Wight in three minutes. Oh, wow. It's amazing. <laughs> amazing. So, my love, this episode is called How to Get Your Soulmate in Just Eight Weeks. Mm. And um, I know that a lot of people go, oh, that's just a really clickbaity title. And in a way it is. But actually, <laughs> it's also a real possibility. Yeah. Not a possibility. Like, this kind of has been your experience. Like, you, what I love, the reason I wanted to get you on, Hannah, is you joined the first ever round of Get Your Soulmate, my digital mm. program, back in 2018, April 2018. And it was like, I I was so nervous. I've been teaching all the content one-to-one for quite a long time by that point, but all the sort of the aspects of doing it digitally were totally new. So I was, I was really nervous about how it was. And yet it, it was just so amazing. And before we kind of get into that, I think the best way to start is to get you to do what every guest does on the Love is Coming podcast right at the start. It's called a 60-second summary, and I'm notoriously terrible at explaining what that <laughs> means. So I'm going to try and do a better job. So what it means is, actually, where's my phone? I need my phone for this. Um, I always say that on every episode. So basically, Hannah, I want to hear your love story from you know you can say but from birth from birth whenever you want to start it until today this moment here okay. you've got 60 seconds and I'm going to give you a warning at 30 does that make sense have I it does it? I feel like I'm on a game show I kind of love I, it exactly, exactly what I wanted this to feel like amazing <laughs> okay right 60 seconds <sighs> summary okay the time starts now okay all right I was born <laughs> I did school, secondary school, 
was obsessed with boys, relationship after relationship after relationship, university. I was probably serial monogamer, I would say, mixed in with going for the guys. Monogamist, is that the word? Sorry, serial monogamist, mixed in with going for the guys who didn't like monogamy. So I was like either with someone who is in love with me or as with someone who really couldn't care less if I was there tomorrow or not. Those are the ones I was really obsessed with. Come out of uni, carry on that pattern until GYS. Sorted my life out, had had some therapy, met my partner who I'm with now. Two years later, we're living together and we're engaged. And you've got 16 seconds to go. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> says it's not possible, because I've had some guests say it's not possible to do that. I'm like, well, you bloody well can. You've, you've still got eight seconds. Anything else you oh, want to add? Um, we've got three cats. <laughs> <laughs> what are they called? Fifi, I'm Forrest and Betty. <laughs> Fifi, Forrest and Betty. Oh, yeah. I thought it was going to nearly be like an F version of the Kardashians then. I'm not quite. <laughs> oh, thank you, my love. You really aced that. So I want to circle back around to a few things that you said mm. there. Okay, so I hear this from women all the time who I work with or just DMs in my Instagram. Go, going for the guys who who basically don't want to be there or who yeah. are hot and cold. Talk to yes. me a little bit about that. Let's go a little bit Oof. deeper well, where do I start? Um, I think I was really attracted to the idea of being the one that changed their mind about commitment. Mm-hmm. So I was really into the fantasy of, oh, they say they don't want a girlfriend. They say they don't want commitment, but I'll be the one to change that because that means mm-hmm. I'm special. Yeah. And actually, it sounds like a really big headed thing, but it's not. It comes from a place of low self-esteem and needing external validation. So I needed them to choose me and to prove to me that I was special because really deep down, I didn't think I was. Um, It was things like, oh, I don't know. Do you know what as well? I just want to go back to this because I think this is a really important point. The the buzz you get from being with a guy who doesn't actually want to be with you is like a drug. Mm. The chemistry, the passion, like it's like nothing... I think people mistake it for the spark of love. It's not. It's pure lust because you know you're doing something that's bad for you. Like when you drink a lot, like if you take drugs, like if you, I don't know, overeat or undereat, whatever it is, it's it's that buzz of I shouldn't be doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, and also kind of the drama that surrounds it, you know, your friends telling you, oh, that guy's not good for you. He doesn't deserve you. Like, you know, you kind of again, you get that reinforced thing of like, oh, this is a bit naughty. And I think you get a real kick from that. Mm. um certainly I did (laughs) I got a real kick from it (laughs) um yeah but it was just um it it put me in such a place of anxiety all the time especially if I genuinely did fall in love with the guy which happened a few times Mm. or at least I fell in love with the idea of them anyway Mm -hmm. um but yeah it was uh there was a few guys like that actually and it was just you know getting with them it being really hot, me thinking, oh, this must be something then and we've got this in common and we've got that in common. Um, And just going through this cycle of them being quite into it at first, eventually telling me that they were basically commitment phobes and then me clinging on for dear life, like really clinging on for dear life, losing all sense of dignity, I think, in that sense as well. Managing to convince a few of them as well to go exclusive with me, Um, even though that's not what they wanted. I mean, one of these relationships lasted for over a year, but it wasn't a relationship as far as either of us were concerned, really. It was this horrible in-between place where 
you know, I didn't feel um, committed to. And he probably felt a bit trapped, actually, in hindsight. And it ruined a few friendships in that sense as well, because a lot of these relationships kind of started on, on a good base of friendship, um, or at least, you know, a friend of a friend and um, became good friendships throughout. But because it was so complicated, um, the friendships all ended afterwards because it was just a bit of a mess. Mm. Mm. God, you're so eloquent. You're so eloquent. (laughs) Everything you said there, and I think that this is probably what energetically drew you to my work back in 2018 because everything you said there, I was like, I couldn't have said it better myself. I literally could not have said it better myself. Um, I think that pattern, like what you were saying about... um, having to be the special one and by the way it's something I still struggle with like I I feel totally special with Joe but my god Mm -hmm. I will find a new I used to be an actress so I'm not saying that every person who becomes an actor or an actress is that's their intention but it it certainly was mine Mm -hmm. um and it it was coming from low self-esteem and uh needing like like you said that external validation and I love how um how you just acknowledge that it, you know it's it's love junkie it's being a love junkie it is absolutely just does not get um taken seriously no it doesn't get taken seriously but for me there were so many times where it was literally life or death because Mm. the situations I would get myself into you know I've lived around the world as for acting and just traveling and and I would get myself into these scrapes and and like you said like lose friendships over it like it, Mm -hmm. it cost me in every area of my life yeah so what I'm interested to hear now is so what got you from being in that place and those negative patterns just repeating themselves again and again to the place where you joined a program like Get Your Soulmate, mm. which on the sa- on the surface, I just want to take a moment to acknowledge it here because I get asked this a lot. They're like, Get Your Soulmate. It sounds a bit like surface level and a bit clickbaity, whatever. Basically, the reason I came up with that title, <laughs> I had to get something with a dot com and, and everything was taken. So I was like, do you know what I mean? And I was like, you know what? Yeah. That- that is what I, on the surface, that's what yeah. I wanted. Yeah. And you know, obviously, Hannah, having done the program, that there's a big twist to what mm-hmm. that actually means. It's a bit of a Trojan horse. Yes. It seems to be one thing, but really it's yeah. something else. And we don't want to give it away because you nope. have to join the program. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I'm really intrigued to, know, to learn a little bit more about like what got you from that place of being stuck, repeating mm-hmm. the patterns into joining that program because it's mm-hmm. a big, big move. And it's it was, you know, it was very brave of you. Mm. Yeah, it was... Um... Gosh, so so as I said, I was also a serial. What was the word you used? Monogamist. <laughs> I was a serial monogamist, and I had just come out of a relationship. So you I were think. always in relationship. Yeah, so in between the relationships was the hot cold guys, right. but there was always basically there was always someone there. You know, I was very rarely actually single. Mm-hmm. Um, I had just come out of quite a long relationship where we actually lived together. And I completely lost myself. I was so, I tried to convince myself that that was the relationship. And in order to keep going with that, when things started to appear that challenged that view in my mind, that that was the relationship, instead of confronting them and being like, okay, maybe this isn't what I think it is. I just buried it down really, really deep Mm -hmm. and kind of lost myself in this place of huge anxiety, like massive, absolutely huge. Um, And I think I, when I came out of that relationship, I think basically what happened is that something inside me was like, this is not cool. Like you are not happy. This needs to stop. So in coming out of the relationship, I went and got some therapy. (laughs) 
which was well overdue, <laughs> but seriously needed. And a lot of the relationship stuff came up in that therapy. Um, you know, not just the most recent one, but a lot of the other ones. Um, there was a lot of talk for me about my relationship with my body and my body image alongside my relationship patterns, which was very interesting. Um, and then I literally finished therapy and GYS started popping up um, on my Instagram. I think because I um, was following Mel Wells, I think Mel went, mentioned you and the work you were doing. And so I, I followed you on Instagram and I started kind of looking into this. And I remember just this really solid feeling of if you don't do this now, this pattern is not going to end. You know, if you don't sort this out now, when are you going to sort it out? It was like this <laughs> intuitive voice within me, probably the same voice that said, you need to get happy. You need to get out of this relationship. You need to focus on yourself. I think it was that same voice that just said, you know, if not now, when? Mm. Um, this is your next step. You need this. Because I'd gone through all the the therapy about my anxiety and about my issues with food and my body. But I just felt like there was something missing from that in terms of my behavior in relationships, where that had all come from, and being able to kind of make those connections in a way that allowed me to make changes in my life, make changes to my behavior. And not in a, you know, I didn't necessarily know that that's what was going to happen in GOS. I think I just thought it will give me some insight. I'll be in a group dynamic. Persia's the expert. I could very much relate to a lot of the stuff you were saying, um, you know, like we just talked about with <laughs> kind of love addiction, really. Um, and I think there was just something in me that said, you really need to do this, actually, you know. And I think I just didn't, I, I think I was just out of excuses at that point. Mm. I think I I, that one. <laughs> You know, I was I was in an okay place in my life. I'd managed to move house. I was um I'd started a new job. Everything else was kind of slotting into place and it was this love life aspect of it that still filled me with fear. I was terrified that the next relationship I would get into would be exactly the same as all the others. I would either be with someone who didn't want to be with me or I'd be in a relationship where I wasn't being fully true to myself. I was um, losing myself in the other person, in their likes and dislikes, you know, changing my behavior to fit how I think they wanted me to be. And I just really didn't want to do that again because it just resulted in so much pain for me and for the other people and for the people in my life who saw me go through it. So yeah, I think it was um, it was just a point of I'd, I'd gotten to a crossroads and I was either going to carry on the way I was going and this was going to carry on for God knows how long um, or I was just going to sort myself out and be happy on my own. Um, kind of, I think I wanted to love myself enough that somebody else's love was the icing on the cake. <laughs> a star student right there. <laughs> That's it. That's what I always say. It's yeah. the cherry, like that other person, that romantic mm -hmm. partner has got to be the cherry on top. Yeah. And until you get to a place where that, because I used to try and fake that. I was like, no, yeah, they're just the cherry on top. And it was like, no, yeah. my entire <laughs> life revolved around them. Every single mm -hmm. fucking decision I made, I'd look at my schedule and I would be like, right, when can they see me? And I would yes, everything else around that instead of like, why don't you put in your life and then you can <laughs> them around, like they fit in around that. And like, you know what I mean? Don't Literally. Make yeah. Don't make them the foundations. Don't yes. make them everything. And that's still true of me and Joe today. Like mm -hmm. we live, we, we do a lot together. 
But we've also got really separate lives. Like he's been out on the Isle of Wight since uh, beginning of August. Mm. And I've been out like the last few weeks I've been over and I've come over like I came over one week before and that and he's been Mm. over the odd weekend back to London but we've had most of the time we've actually been apart and yes we've missed each other but it's been so good because you know I've got I've got other things and other friends as as does he like it's you've got to get yourself into a place where you love yourself and your life and it is fucking amazing and they are the cherry on top sorry to interrupt you there but I just had to like really hold into that because it's so true yeah that's it and I think um you know (sighs) it's it's crazy because what you're saying then I really relate to that you know my partner and I um we are quite independent um I never thought of myself as being very independent before like from men I I felt independent from things like my family like you know I I moved out relatively young in terms of just wanting to go live my life and and everything else but um you know in terms of what we do we're both really into music which is actually kind of part of our love story um we both play in bands. We're both big fans of local music. We go out to a lot of gigs. He's also a sound engineer, so he works a lot of gigs, or at least we all did before COVID. Boo. Um, but, you know, we don't always go to the same gigs. And actually, if he's playing a gig and I'm too knackered to go or I've got other plans, it's not a big deal. And vice versa. Like I had a gig um, before lockdown, like literally just before lockdown, and he was, you know, going to come. And then at the last minute, he was like feeling a bit rubbish and I just went you don't have to come like you stay home and look after yourself like that's kind of one of our big foundations is that we both know we have to look after ourselves to be able to support each other so if that means we do stuff separately that we plan to do together it's just not a big deal in this house like we just don't we just don't sweat the small stuff like that I think you know and and we communicate really clearly and I think ultimately we're both very caring people um which can be can be dangerous in other relationships if you're you know you end up kind of being a carer or or anything like that but but because we're both very caring on kind of an equal level um it just gives us that's typical that's Joe calling me (laughs) (laughs) he always because I was like my phone's on fucking flight mode (laughs) I guarantee he'll try and call three more times Oh my god, amazing! <laughs> Just talking about really being really independent from your partner. Like, why is she not answering? Well, yeah, because you can't, you didn't answer, so that's proof. <laughs> well, exactly. You can busy. <laughs> no, recording a podcast. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> Sorry, no, no. I'm just warning you. You probably will call again, but um... no, that's fine. Um, yes. Yeah, so no, we're just we're equally very caring in the sense that we. Um, I just think it creates this balance in our in our relationship that neither of us have had before. Literally, both of us have been like, this is a whole nother level of of love, really, because we don't put our egos before what's really important. Mm. Um, you know, it's not like, oh, but you have to come to my gig because then people will see my boyfriend's not on my gig and then what they think, like, I don't care about any of that stuff. Like I would have in the past. Mm. I would have been like, well, if you're not there, people think there's something up or, you know, um, or I'd have been like, well, if you're not there, then I'm going to hit on other guys. Like, you know, I would have been a bit like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like kind of that secret punishment you do. Like I flirted yeah. with someone else and like, she went there. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and like, like, oh, you win. Like- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. So no, it, it, we just don't, we're just not like that. We're just really honest with each other, really caring. Um, and it just creates this lovely balance that we have where we are independent, but we support each other too. Um yeah. 
Well, it's the epitome of what you're saying. You know, it really is the epitome of a healthy relationship. It's what I have with Joe. It's not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. Mm -hmm. But to be honest, it's not that far off. I often think that. And I'm sure that you experienced as well that it just get it gets better every year because when you have that foundation, and that is to say that you both came into it loving yourself, respecting yourself, knowing what your boundaries were, all of the things that we'll probably touch on in, in shortly. But yeah. um, you know, that what you have in your relationship is freedom, mm-hmm. independence, freedom. And it's the irony is that freedom is what actually brings you closer together. Yeah. Isn't it? It yeah. seems to counterintuitive you think oh no we need to be together all the time to have that closeness and that intimacy and actually that codependency because that's Mm -hmm. what it is when we feel like you know that need to control that Mm -hmm. need to be with all the time that actually is always the thing that drives you far away because it's also it's like not really very sexy let's be honest someone being super needy I mean we all have our moments like you know if you're feeling a bit under the weather you know yeah oh yeah but what I used to live at that state and then layered on top of that (laughs) was me like trying to be breezy pretending I was breezy and oh I didn't <laughs> I was like and it was so fucking obvious I was anything yes. but breezy do you know what I mean yeah oh my god you've just described me like 10 years ago seriously <laughs> oh I was so needy I mean probably less than 10 years ago to be fair actually <laughs> whatever pre pre 2018 basically <laughs> Well, actually, that's a good moment to let's go back because yes. um, we still need to hear the love story, which is very yes. exciting. So let's go back. So there you are. You've, you've done therapy. You've got a lot from it. You yeah. start seeing my name popping up all over social media. You see about uh, Get Your Soulmate, this mm-hmm. program. What was it for you? I'm, I want to know two things. I want to know, like, what was it about what you saw that I was talking about, about mm-hmm. what that program offered mm-hmm. that made you go, I know I've got to do this. Mm-hmm. So that's the first question. The second question is, what was your biggest doubts or hesitation? Because I know how scary it is mm. to take a leap like that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. Um, oh, God. Well, maybe do it the other way around. Maybe start with the, what was scary. Yeah, what... start with the scary bit. And then, um, so the scary bit for me um, was probably the money. Was was probably, you know, because the therapy I'd had before was through the NHS. God bless them. Um, and, you know, it was, it was paying for this course. Um, I loved the fact that you offered monthly payments because I think without that, I probably wouldn't have done it. Um, So it did feel more bite-sized, but I wasn't in a brilliant place financially. You know, I'd had to move house because of the breakdown of my previous relationship. Um, I basically had nothing left after that. And if I needed bits for the house, they were going on the credit card. So I was at a point, you know, even though I'd got my new job and things like that, I was kind of recovering from the financial impact of a breakup, which I don't think people often talk about because I think finances are a bit of a taboo subject still. Um, but for me, it was it was the money and it was, you know, am I worth this money was essentially what I was asking myself. And I think if you'd come, if I'd come across you pre, like before my other therapy, I probably would have said, no, I'm not worth the money because my self-esteem was so low. <laughs> Joe! <laughs> Sorry, he really picked the fucking moment. <laughs> My self-esteem was low. <laughs> Light in the mood. Wine. <laughs> um, oh, Go gosh, bless him. Um, yeah, so, um, so yeah, it was the money. It was, it was, am I worth this money? Is this worth investing in? Um, and, you know, that was the scary thing for me. And, and I, I slept on it. I said to myself, if I'm still thinking about doing this in the morning, then I'm just going to do it. And to be honest, I put it on the credit card, (laughs) which, you know, I wouldn't recommend to anyone, but that was the situation I was in at the time. 
and I've kind of got this belief that you know what you put into your life does come back to you um threefold at least is what my my experience like I'm not just saying like experience in my life I'm working with so many other women because one of the things I just want to touch on this quickly because Mm. Without a shadow of a doubt, and I, I I think this doesn't get talked about enough. I'm very I used to be terrified about talking about money and now oh, I'm like, same. let's talk about it. Because yeah. you know what, people are still find talking about your romantic life taboo. And obviously I'm like, well, mm. I've, I've had a double page spread in the middle of the sun newspaper basically saying what a slag I was. So I like <laughs> there's not a lot that can shame me anymore or that yeah. I get embarrassed about talking about. But I think the money piece is so particularly in the UK, I feel like we're mm. so terrified to talk oh about it. God, yes. But without a shadow of a doubt, it's this so is true. this is always the reason that I will get when I'm doing the launch of GYS, which at the moment it will be going on when this this uh, podcast episode airs, um I will get a lot of women message me and say, I want to do it so much, but I, I can't afford it. Mm. And listen, I firstly just want to say, I really hear that. And that's why I created a podcast, which is just free content. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I've created um, a product called Romantic Reset, which is like, it's 37 pounds and it's amazing. Oh, but wow. Get Your Soulmate is, it is, as you know, it's such a big transformation mm-hmm. that actually, I'm going to own it. We've actually put the the investment up because we've mm. spent a in, in the last few months yeah put more and more into it but as you should because that's, that's your work you know you're entitled exactly. to that it, it's that but it's also more important it's it's the value exchange mm-hmm. like I know from experience if I've had something for free or very very cheap like when I was really really skin and I um you know spending 37 on a pound uh, pounds on a program like my romantic reset program that was a lot of money so I showed up to that yeah but as you start growing you know and especially if you if you're doing any work on yourself in self-development you will find like finances are something you are going to work on and you're going to look at and you will find like actually my my finances e- like even if I wasn't specifically focusing on them they always got better every year that I was working on myself because yeah. I was growing and so my capacity to receive more yes. money and abundance was growing mm. and I I you know, as, and as that happens, you have to invest more. Like I, I, I've invested a lot of money this year. We're talking upwards of 50 K on my personal and my, my business growth. In fact, more than that, to be honest. Yeah. And, and it has, for me, it's that fear of investing that makes you then commit and show Mm. up and work. Yeah, you don't want to waste it. Exactly. Because when Mm. I've spent a small amount and that hasn't seemed like a big deal to me, then like how committed I am I don't value it no I've done that amazing exactly so it is that thing uh, like and and that's of all the coaches I've ever worked with that that is the piece they've always said to me and I used and at the beginning I was like oh you just want to take my money and all of (laughs) that was where I was you just want my money and of course you're going to say that yeah and then I've I've done it so many times now I'm like no they're fucking right like the only thing that is going to make you transform it's not my program. It's you showing up and committing yeah. to doing yeah. my program. Exactly. Because it's not going to do fuck all for you if you're not invested. Like no. invested. And, and so invested, you know, energetically, mm. time-wise. But mm. yes, financially. Like yeah. literally putting your yeah. money where your mouth is. Exactly. So I had to go up on that spiel because I really, it's something that doesn't get talked about enough. And I'm, I don't want anyone no, to like, you know, I'm not telling anyone go into debt for this. But what I am saying, what you did, Hannah, and I want to hear mm. a bit more about this, is listen to your gut. Yes. Because if your gut says, no, it's not the right time, don't yeah. do it. Please, yeah. I don't want your money. Do yes. not invest in this program. Yeah. But if your gut says, yes, mm. you've got to do it. And you're scared because you think, oh, but I don't know how I'm going to make. Trust that you, that money will trust come back it will. to you. Yeah. I promise you. Can you speak yeah. a little bit about that? 
Yes. So, so, um, so I said to myself, right, I'm going to, I'm going to sleep on it. If tomorrow I wake up and I think about it, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to go for it. I woke up and it was the first thing that came to my mind. So I grabbed my phone, signed up straight away. I was like, I have to do it. There was just something inside me. I remember waking up in my bedroom upstairs and being like, I've got to do this. I can't. Yeah. And I sometimes do that with buying stuff. Like, you know, you see a dress in a window and you're like, oh, if I think about that still next week, I'll come back and get it. Um, I used to be a lot more um, kind of reactive, like, oh, but what if it goes like, like, I used to be more fearful that the thing wouldn't be there. And I think as time's gone on, I've been more like, no, no, if it's meant to be, it'll be there. Um, And I think just, you know, I remember I just felt this solid, like, yeah, do it. So I did it. And in terms of the financial impact, it was fine. It was, it, it worked out somehow. It worked out. I think I, I think I did that thing where you get, you, um, you do the comparison thing where if you can get your bills a bit cheaper at home, I think I did something like that and it covered at least half of the monthly cost or something. It was ridiculous. I was like, huh, (laughs) well that's worked out. And that's it. That that's a really great piece there. The resourcefulness. Like, mm. if you don't have the resources, guess mm. what? Don't sit and whinge and yeah. complain. Get fucking resourceful. Yeah, yeah. Get resourceful yeah. because that, like, it's it's firing up and opening up those neural pathways to say instead of saying, "Oh, well, you know, I'm limited. It's not possible for me." You go, "How can I make this possible for me?" And when you when you open yourself like that, that mm. is when all these creative solutions will yeah. rush in ways that you can't yeah. even. I can't tell you how many women have said to me, "It is so bizarre. I didn't have enough money, but I knew that I was meant to do it." And I said, "Okay, universe, whatever. Give me a sign." Like, and then they would receive that amount of money. Yeah, in oh, some I've weird heard about stuff way. like that. Yeah. Like, like some inheritance so from like a great, great uncle they never met. <laughs> so that's it. In yeah. fact, that's a great thing. If you're listening to this and you're like, I really want to do it, but mm-hmm. I don't have the money. Mm-hmm. Just say, instead of shutting yourself down like that, yes. say, okay, thank you universe that that exact amount of money is going to come yes. to me in the most wonderfully unexpected way. Yes. And just uh, wait and see. Yeah. And, but you know what as well? Have patience with it because my financial situation like I said, I paid for that on a credit card because at the time that was just where I was at. I was using my credit card. Um, not for everything, but I think I was I was worried that if I spent money from my other account, my mortgage would get declined or whatever. And it was like, oh, I'm just going to, if it's a treat, I'm going to use it on my credit card and I'll just keep everything else separate. Um, but I was so focused um, in 2018 and 2019 on just sorting myself out, sorting out, you know, the issues I'd had with anxiety, my body image issues, my relationship issues. I was so focused on dealing with all of that. And then at the beginning of 2020, I said to myself, this is the year I sort out my money because I'm happy with where I've got to with everything else. Everything's going really well. I need to sort that out. So this is the year that that's going to happen for me. And then COVID hit. And then I was made redundant, (laughs) which initially sounds like, oh my God, your money situation. No, I got a payout. I got redundant. Yeah, baby. So I said to myself, this is the year I sort of my money. The universe went, yeah, okay, we'll deliver on that. You're sacked. <laughs> but here's some money. And then I, um, within, I think, six to eight weeks of being made redundant, I got the job I've got now, which I absolutely am loving, like loving. And I was just like, oh, wow, the universe, man, it delivered. It delivered. Something in ways better. I couldn't even, yeah, something better Literally. in a way you can't even imagine. So don't try and imagine how it's going to happen if you say to the universe deliver me the money for GWS thank you for the money for GWS don't think to yourself all the different ways it could happen don't try and control the situation 
just let yourself be open to it coming and believe it will. And I know it sounds like really hippy dippy doo dar and whatever, but it does. It works. It works. And listen, the way that the guidance comes in different ways. So mm. it might it might come as like I wasn't expecting to talk so much about this, but I'm really enjoying it. <laughs> Well, really it's such a taboo and like shameful subject, oh, isn't it? I think it's really important. Put it out there. I think yeah. I'm going to do loads of episodes somehow yes. linked to penuriously money and love and dating. Mm. I will. I'll find the way I always do. But resourceful. Um, <laughs> but it, you know, there's different ways, like you said, be open because like you did, it's like you might have an idea that's like, oh, well, if I just cancel that mm. thing or, or go and renegotiate something. Yeah, that, that's fine too. There you go. So, but if, yeah. so if you get, if you have the idea come through, yes. then that is guidance in itself. Yes. So just be open yeah. to all ways that it can manifest. Anyway, yeah. we've talked about this a lot. I, I think yeah. it's, it's great. <laughs> so, so let's go back. Okay. So you make the decision. Yep. I'm going to do it. But what was it about the program reading about it that, that mm. made you, that you think was the reason that the next morning you did wake up and go, no, I need to do it. Do you know what? I think it was seeing, um, I think it was the way that it was set out so that there was kind of a module a week made it feel really bite-sized, made it feel manageable, didn't feel overwhelming. Um, and I was easily overwhelmed at this point, like easily overwhelmed. Like, I don't know, you could be like, today's bin day. Oh, I'm really overwhelmed, you know. <laughs> I've got to do the bins. I don't know. I was that I was always just one for me to be fair. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I hate the bins. But I was very sensitive at the time still. I was I was raw. I was I was raw and I'd been through a fair bit and um I was still processing that. And I think just the bite-sized chunks of it really appealed to me. I think that feeling of a community from a Facebook group really appealed to me. Um of of talking to people who were going through it as well almost like a support group um you know being able to connect with other people who've maybe been through similar things as well because I I tended to um I think compare my situation to those friends of mine where their relationships were healthy and happy as opposed to acknowledging that actually I probably did have people in my lives that were struggling like I was but I was doing the whole comparing to whoever I thought had the thing I wanted or uh, or where it seemed effortless and I think I just really connected to this idea of being able to kind of virtually meet and actually physically meet because we did do a few meetups didn't we so physically meet a, a group of women who um we'd all been through shit but we were all willing to work on it together and I think I just connected to this idea like a sisterhood really um you know a sisterhood of of people a, a support group of women who um ultimately we all wanted the same things and we didn't necessarily verbalize it in the same way so my thing coming into GOS was that you know I didn't want to lose myself in somebody else I was almost fearful of meeting anybody there were some other people coming into US where they were like, I need to meet somebody, you know, they were thinking biological clock and things like that. So there were, even though coming into it, we said we wanted different things. In reality, we wanted the same thing, which was to feel worthy. (laughs) That's the third time though. So maybe that's Uh, it. You You said three. By now he would have got the hint. (laughs) (laughs) He probably wanted to know what I want for dinner. Anyway, continue on. (laughs) Um, Oh gosh, no, I've lost my train of thought. Not the elbow. No. Um, uh, sisterhood. Sisterhood. Oh, yeah. So we, we we came into it saying that we wanted kind of different things along the same level of, you know, love and relationships. Um, but really what we all wanted was to feel worthy, to feel good enough, to love ourselves, um, to not feel anxious about it all, you know, to not 
need to control other people and to not allow other people to control us. And I think that there was just this underlying understanding that even if we've all had different experiences, there's a consistent theme that comes through. And I think that that really appealed to me. It was just this idea of having a community of of other people who you know, could really understand me. And I think there's something about talking to a stranger as well. You know, this is why therapy works so well. You're coming into it with no judgment. You don't know anything about each other's lives at the very beginning. You know, you're just, you're just meeting each other. You can be vulnerable with these people on a level that you don't necessarily allow yourself to be in the people who are already in your life. Mm -hmm. So I think I just thought, do you know what? There'll be a group of strangers and we'll all be a bit upset probably. And that sounds quite nice. (laughs) (laughs) I have there lots of tears, but lots of laughs. Oh, so many. And I've made some amazing friends in the group as well. Um, it is just the most lovely, lovely place. Do you know what? It's the only reason I still have Facebook. Genuinely. Oh, God. <laughs> so lovely to hear. Genuinely, I can't get rid of it because of GYS group. I just can't. I just love it. Mm. It's lovely, you know. I've had times where I've dipped in and out of it. You know, there was um, last year, my mental health dipped a little bit again. um, And I kind of came back. I I kind of would look at it from afar, but I didn't interact so much. And and then when I started to feel healthier again in myself, I popped in and did a little video to say, oh, hi, guys, I've been a bit quiet because. And and since then, I've been more active in it again. And it's just adds this layer to my life that's quite fulfilling now as somebody who's been through the program and come out of it and is really reaping the benefits big time mm. it, it, there's something quite fulfilling about then being the supportive one for other people as well one of but, the big sisters also, yeah one of the big you sisters to, yeah that's what I love as well that uh, the, the women who've done the program then go on to you know if they want to be big sister sort of yeah. mentors really to the new the newbies that come in because you remember how it felt oh, I mean yes. I was scared as you were when we started because I was like oh, I've never done this <laughs> But, um, and now we've run it so many times. Like I, mm. what's amazing, Hannah, is like, I know when people come in, I'm like, your life is about to change. Like yes. in a way you cannot even get your I head know, right. right? I always think that too. It. Yeah. Mm. It's so amazing. And you know that. And so it's like, it's so wonderful to have you, um, as one of the big sisters. I, I just Aww. like, I love it so much. One of the, um, the old souls. Old big soul. sisters. <laughs> okay. So now I want to get to the juicy bit. Okay. Your yes. love story with your yes. gorgeous fiance. So you sign up in the April of 2018 for yeah. GYS. You start working through the live round. Yeah. Talk us through it. Okay. So signed up. I'm working through the, the live round. Um, oh, I think I need to give a bit of backstory though, because he's not new in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually both went to the same university and did the same course and we knew each other at university. We were friends on Facebook, but we didn't really hang out outside of uni. We'd chat occasionally outside the lecture room or the seminar room or whatever. I'd recognize him in the street, you know, and then that's kind of what happened. <laughs> so in the January before GYS, so January 2018, I was at a gig locally and I kind of looked across the room and saw him and was like, oh, that's, oh, I'll say his name. He won't care. That's Callum. <laughs> um, and I, I remember thinking like, oh, if he sees it, will he recognize me? Or do I go over? Oh, it's a bit orcs. So I just didn't do anything about it. And then I was going outside um, for a cheeky smoke because I was smoking at that point. And, um, and he was too. <laughs> Thank God. And um, he saw me in the corridor going outside and he went, Hannah. And I went, oh, Callum, <laughs> how are you? And we did the whole, how are you did a end up outside for 
ages chatting, just chatting. He was in a relationship at the time. I was fresh out of another one and really not kind of, you know, um, looking. Um, but we just had a really nice chat. And I remember after thinking, God, that was really nice. I remember the feeling I got when he said my name of being like, oh, he remembers. It was something about the way he said my name that just made me go, well, that's nice. <laughs> um didn't see or speak to each other again until oh no sorry that was December and then the, the February the same thing happened again at another gig bumped into each other chatted outside for ages again nothing happened didn't think anything of it went about my life carried on with my therapy signed up to GYS in the May and then towards the end of May I got a Facebook message out of the blue from him saying oh hey um are you still interested in learning bass guitar because I've got a spare one if you if you want to borrow it and I was like <laughs> damn it I've already bought one because <laughs> I was like oh I, don't, I just I just had this feeling of like that I really liked talking to him and this was early on in the GYS journey so I still was not looking for anything I was just kind of I just had this nice feeling when I was around him and this nice feeling when I chatted to him and it seemed like a good excuse to chat a bit more um so I was honest and I said no I don't and they said oh I've got some books about how to play bass if you want them and I was like yeah thanks that'd be great he was having a clear out him and his ex broken up he was moving out all that stuff timing was quite great really um (laughs) and um so we arranged for him to bring them round but which was about a week later but we were messaging each other every day just chatting like there was zero flirting like I would say that he didn't flirt with me until after we kissed (laughs) Like, he's just not a flirty person. And I kind of am. So I was, like, a bit out of my comfort zone with that. Because I would say I flirt with everybody. I'd say I'm probably flirting with you right now. Like, I flirt oh, with maybe. everyone. <laughs> yeah, give me those eyes. <laughs> I remember when all this was going on, I remember you coming into yes. the group and saying, oh, there's this guy, Callum, and, like, I'm not sure. Yeah, like- I couldn't figure it out for ages because we ended up spending a lot of time together and I was still doing GYS and I was still kind of following this kind of idea that this was time for me and that it wasn't the time to chase anybody. Mm. So I didn't chase him. I just spent time with him. And, um, you know, we, we'd go down the beach together on a work evening cause it was such a glorious summer that year. Oh my God, it was so oh, hot. God, it was so hot, wasn't it? Oh, it was lovely. So we'd go for swims in the sea and we'd sit on the beach for hours and chat uh he'd you know if I said I was going to a particular gig he'd turn up um and just a bit of time went by and I started to question whether I did actually fancy him because if I was honest with myself I quite liked the look of him at university (laughs) but at the time um I think I was probably in a relationship I was in many (laughs) back then um and he was a punk he had a bright like bleach blonde mohawk and I was like it was a bit like he was a punk and she did ballet. <laughs> I was like this kind of girly. I'd probably have described myself as like borderline chav. Are you talking about chavchi? Chavchi. I was. I was a bit of a townie. I was. I was. Do you know what? I was basic. <laughs> I was so basic at this point. Yeah. I was a basic bitch who liked guys who played football and wore gel in their hair. Like I, I was not you like that. That's seriously. Crazy. I know. Well, because I was still doing the whole I'm being the person I think I'm supposed to be instead right. of being who I really am. Yeah. Um so when I saw him run as a whole, oh, he's he's a bit right. This little voice in my brain went, what are you doing? He's not your type. Go on, look over mm. there. This one playing rugby. Oh, okay. So um <laughs> So yeah, I started to kind of come around to this. um, I started to entertain the idea that I probably did fancy him a little bit, but 
I, I kind of was still like, right, I need to do this work on GWS. But the beautiful thing of it was, is that we built such a solid friendship. I opened up to him about things that I hadn't told even my best friend at that point. Um, and it was just because I think GWS was teaching me how to be vulnerable and I just felt safe with him, like safer than I've probably ever, ever felt with any man really. Um, he just provided this very non-judgmental, like he's the least judgmental person I have ever met in my life. He's, he just takes people for what they are. He doesn't judge people. Um, he's very kind. He's very intelligent as well. His brain really impresses me every day. <laughs> but we, you know, we would just sit on the beach for hours talking away about our lives. He was really honest with me about, you know, some of the crap he'd been through. I was really honest with him about some of the crap I'd been through. Um, but it just felt like sharing. It didn't feel like too intense or anything like that. It just felt like sharing with a friend and it felt like a safe and comfortable place to be. Um but I feel like I was getting a bit of a craving for it because it was like, you know, sometimes we'd be like, okay, see ya. And we wouldn't arrange like when we see each other again. And I'd probably occasionally think to myself like, oh, that was really nice. I hope we do it again soon. And then two days later, I'd get a message saying, do you want to go down the beach? <laughs> so it was really consistent. We spent a lot of time together. And then towards the very end of GWS, I was like, I can't ignore this anymore. I really do fancy him. I'm going to ask him out on a date. <laughs> So I like <laughs> arranged a like casual friend's barbecue at my house and then invited him in the hopes that if he came, that I would ask him out like by the end of that night, you know, whatever, whatever point he got up to leave, I'd ask him out on a date. And I literally remember at this barbecue, I ate half a burger, like I couldn't eat. I was so nervous <laughs> about asking him out because we'd, we were such good friends at that point and I loved spending time with him. And I was, I was a little bit scared that, you know, it was going to make things awkward if he didn't fancy me. And, and, um, the funny part is, is that he said no to going on a date with me. I remember that. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, <laughs> and he basically said, look, some stuff's gone on. Um, you know, I, I just need, I need a bit of time, but can I, can I talk to you about it a bit more? Can we go out for dinner anyway? as friends and I will explain everything I said yeah of course because I love spending time with you and he was like I really love spending time with you too so I was like okay <laughs> so kind of half the result <laughs> kind of, yeah it was kind of like I like spending time with you too but I'm not ready and I was a bit worried that it was going to be this whole commitment phobe thing that I dealt with before I was a bit like oh god is he going to do the whole I've just gotten out of a serious relationship I'm not ready but let's hang out like oh if it was going to be that I was I was going to have to be like no because GWS had just taught me that I deserved more than that um but anyway we went out for this dinner he explained everything and I was just like okay that's cool. And I just had this, this gut instinct. I actually heard <laughs> what we call in GOS, your gut voice, um, kind of that intuition that comes through, you know, you kind of hear your own voice in your head. And sometimes it's an anxious kind of like, ah, oh, I must do the things that make the list. And sometimes it's this very calming, soothing kind of, don't worry. And mine just said, wait, it just said, wait. So I sat there across the table from him, him telling me, you know, why he wasn't quite ready to go on a date yet. And my voice my gut voice just said, just wait. So I just went, okay, that's cool. No worries. You know, we can still hang out. No rush, no pressure. Da, da, da. And, um, and then I think we carried on hanging out for, it was only two weeks later that he turned around and said, how about that date then? <laughs> and you know why? Because you were calm and you didn't he, Oh, he told me that as well. Like, so, you know, in discussing it 
later when we were together um he said you know if you hadn't been so patient and calm and understanding with me and given me the space that I needed I don't think we would be in this relationship and I was like I believe you because I've pushed on people before I've I've you know I've really put pressure on people before to commit to me when they weren't ready um and I wouldn't like that if someone did it to me you know looking back I think that the work you do in GOS really you take stock of your behavior and um not in like a blaming kind of way but just in an honest kind of way you know be honest with yourself about what you've done and and the way that you tend to be in certain situations and I think I just knew that so well because of the work in GYS um and I was so aligned to my gut because of the work that we do in GYS and there was just this feeling of yeah just wait and and yeah, we'd, we'd, I remember we'd, um, I'd been away in Liverpool for a work event and I'd sent him a photo of me in like this snazzy dress and he'd been like, oh, looking lovely as always. I remember being like, oh, that was a flirt. Yeah. <laughs> He's done a flirt with me. He never flirts. Yeah. And I remember getting really excited, like, oh my God, wait, does he fancy me now? <laughs> and then like literally we saw each other down the beach two days later and that was the night that he asked me out on a date. And I did not play it cool at that point. He was like, how about the date? Then I literally went, yeah. <laughs> I was like yeah let's do it and then two days after that we went on our first date and then we've been together ever since and that literally the rest is history and then the gosh what month was it because like this year I've lost all sense of time <gasps> we I got, got a message in July oh what this year this year um September September you got engaged <laughs> And she asked me to be the the celebrant at the wedding. Yes. Uh, we're ever allowed to have them because I don't oh, even know if I'm getting married. Right. We're knows? going to see a venue on Saturday. Oh, how exciting. Yeah. I'm so excited for you. Oh, my yeah. gosh. It is just the most beautiful story. And it's such a testament to mm. how committed you were and mm. still are to yourself mm. and to your journey. And what I want to know is, like, what what is the biggest benefit from doing this work? Like, what would you say the biggest benefit to you oh. has been? oh it's really hard to choose one but knowing my worth because that allows me to have healthy relationships in all areas of my life I ask for what I'm deserving of in terms of my career you know I'm not afraid to ask for more money or to go for a job that maybe I'm not quite sure I'm good enough for um in terms of my you know, my hobbies in music, I'm far more confident these days. Like I couldn't sing in front of people when I started US and then, you Look know. Look at you now, you're on the <laughs> singing. Yeah. Um, it, you know, knowing my worth allows my relationship with Callum to always be a healthy one because if we have our moments, which are rare, but if we get snappy with each other um, or there's a challenging situation that comes up that makes me feel uncomfortable in one way or another that I need to talk through. I'm able to communicate it in a really clear way, in a way that doesn't um, upset him or create some sort of, you know, bridge between us because, because I know my worth. So it's like, I know that I'm, I'm allowed to have feelings. I know that um, I'm worthy of a happy and healthy life in every way possible. And that was ultimately what I wanted out GWS. You know, I didn't go in saying I'm I'm going to come out of this and meet the love of my life, and in two years we'll be engaged. Like <laughs> I didn't go into it thinking any of that. I went in being like, "Wow, I real I really have an issue with this self worth thing, my self esteem." 
And you know what? All the people around me had no idea because like you, I'm quite a natural actress <laughs> and I would always put on a front and um, so many people, like, I remember one of my friends actually said to me when I kind of opened up about the issues I'd had in, in some of my relationships, he said to me, I don't understand this. You're the strongest woman I know. And I was like, oh God, that's the, that's the view I've been giving people that I'm really strong and nothing can touch me. And, and I wouldn't ever let anyone, you know, treat me badly. And it was not true. I was, I was allowing, you know, that kind of thing because I didn't have enough self-worth, if any, really. Um, and it just, it, it goes on to other areas of your life. So, you know, we talked about the finances, but also the way that I treat my body, um, you know, during and before GYS, I absolutely had an eating disorder and was not admitting it to myself. And I'm, I would say I'm almost completely recovered now, you know. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. Thanks. Um, because I know I know my worth, so it's like I, I'm worthy of nutritious food. I'm worthy of moving my body. I, I don't have to over-exercise. I don't have to, you know, trigger warning, puke my guts up. But it, I think it's just having that foundation of a, a really strong feeling of self-worth it it goes on into every other area of my life. So, you know, you'd I think people listening to this would expect me to say, oh, Callum was the best thing to come out of this, but he's he isn't. He's wonderful. I love him more than I've ever loved anyone. Um, I always say he's my favourite person. <laughs> I hope any of my friends listening don't get insulted, but he is. <laughs> <laughs> you went <laughs> Um But also, I guess actually maybe I'm my favourite person. Oh, <laughs> um but yeah it it having that foundation of really strong self-worth it goes it you get you get really good results in every other area of your life like I said I'm in a career now that I'm absolutely loving I'm actually tra- currently training to be a hypnotherapist as well which I'm wow. obsessed with it's so exciting and so interesting um you know my relationship with Callum's amazing I'm still loving my music we're hoping to record an album next year which I never thought I would do wow um you know like I said my financial situation is improving my relationship with my body's improving my relationship with my friends my family you know I'm, I'm not doing this to be like everything's wonderful because like you know I have my moments like last week I was a crying mess I had the worst PMS of my life <laughs> and I was like oh everything's hard like but I think when you take stock, when you have conversations like this, you kind of have this immense gratitude. And, you know, it was it's the self-worth thing that I think has been the biggest game changer. And I wouldn't it would have taken me so many more years to get that without GYS. I feel like GYS is like a fast track to loving yourself. Oh, God, it really is. And 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 listen, the result, it just keeps getting better. Yeah. The best is yet to come. I always say that. Like, and it's, you know, the better it gets, the better it gets. Lots mm. of better, best, but it is. It's yeah. like, you know, uh, I'm working on the, the title of this podcast is Love is Coming. And mm. I'm doing a book, I'm writing a book at the moment with the same name. And that, I think there's just something so powerful in, in knowing. Like, I always say to my clients, it's like the sweet spot is being so grateful and loving what you have now mm. at the same time as being so excited for the future. Oh my God. That is the yes. sweet spot. And when you get that, so we don't want to be so focused on the future that we're, we're not living in the present. Yeah. But when you play out the chapter of life that you are in and you go, what is the best thing I can do in this moment? Mm. You know, like Oprah says, what is the next right move? So for some of you listening, oh, that yeah. might be, if you're listening till I the end that. of the episode, you probably are 
seriously thinking about joining the program mm. and listen to your gut because again I don't want you in there if it is not in alignment for you oh, I absolutely. only want women who are like this is a yes and I just I, I trust and I know having listened mm. to Hannah that this is the right move for me mm. but as we wrap up Hannah I want I'm going to ask you two questions the first thing is what do you want to say to any single woman listening to this right now who is really struggling and particularly because this year has been an absolute asshole mm. particularly for people's romantic lives what do you want to say to them um firstly this too shall pass you probably hear that all the time but it does I've been in some really dark places in my life um this year hasn't always been sunshine and rainbows um you know there's been some family tragedy there's been the job loss which was terrifying but this too shall pass and in terms of your relationship um situation maybe this year was what you needed I feel like that's re- a real challenging thing to say. This could make someone go, she doesn't know what she's talking about and, you know, disconnect completely from what I'm saying, but it might be in the long run what you needed. I, God, looking back to kind of 2017, 2018, pre-GYS, oh, looking back, I'm really grateful for all that pain because it pushed me to grow and it pushed me to take care of myself properly. And I think sometimes you have to go through some really crappy times to be able to appreciate the good times and to um, get closer to knowing what you want and need in life. Um, And I think, you know, it might feel like the relationship is the thing that you need. It might sound like I'm really, really happy because I'm newly engaged. No, this is more than that. And I think that if you're putting the relationship on a pedestal, now is the time to take a moment, take a deep breath and acknowledge that that is not the thing that's going to make you feel good. Mm. You are the only thing that can make you feel good. And if what I'm saying right now really resonates, then then you know I'm right and just crack on, mate. <laughs> just crack on. Just do it. Just sort yourself out. Just, just spend some time with yourself. Get uncomfortable get you know take yourself to the places that feel uncomfortable take yourself to I don't know just kind of almost look at yourself as being a book and really go inside yourself and read it cover to cover and think right what do I need to do to make myself feel better and sometimes that might be just in that moment like in moments where I might be feeling particularly anxious or something I just think right what do I need right now and sometimes the answer is I just really would like a smoothie But sometimes the answer is bigger. Like sometimes it's I need to go and get therapy or I need to join a program to help me with a particular area of my life like GYS. Um, Sometimes the answer is big and sometimes it's small. You just have to give yourself the time and space to hear it. Yeah. Actually, on that note, for any woman who is listening and they've made it all the way to the end, I'm I'm Mm. sure there's loads because you're you're (laughs) something speaker and you're so I love the way you share your insights but for any woman who's listening and who is who's already you know maybe they attended the masterclass which will have been Mm. last night and they might have joined the Naughty November Challenge and they've looked at GYS and they're like oh my god I want this so much but I'm scared whether Mm -hmm. it's a money fear or just you know this is like is this the right time what would you want to say to them (sighs) I think you know in your gut if it is the right time I think if you're not willing to be honest with yourself then it's not the right time because you have to be honest with yourself when you do this work but ultimately if you're in a place right now where 
you're not happy, everything feels a bit of a mess, you're quite anxious, you're thinking ahead to the future a lot, but you're also shaming yourself about your past at the same time, you really do need to do this because, you know, I th- you're here listening to this for a reason, you've gotten this far for a reason, it's because you resonate and it's because you want this, you want to feel good. Um, you just have to commit to yourself you know, you can't commit to anybody else until you can commit to yourself. And this is the ultimate opportunity to do that. You will come out of this knowing yourself at such a deep level, it will blow people's minds, you know, that, and the knock-on effect of that is incredible. Like I said, I think you just have to be really honest with yourself and know that you're worth it. You are worth the investment of the money. You are worth the investment of the time. It is scary. It is hard to look at yourself and be honest and to be vulnerable with yourself and potentially with other people if you choose to do so, you know, in the in the group. But we're all here to support you in that. That is the point of the Facebook group. You know, if you join this, I'll be in there cheering you along the whole time, um, you know, offering advice and guidance, offering insight, and also being honest when I'm struggling. I still do that now. I still pop in with a video occasionally being like, oh, this thing happened, guys, and I feel like rubbish, and I just need to tell you all. Like, it's so supportive. So you would not be doing it alone. It will... Uh, help you in ways you can't even imagine so just do it really I think if you've gotten this far you know and you got you need to do it so yeah Anna you're (laughs) such a legend you're so gorgeous I've loved this chat so much I really I've I've loved you know we've been on a journey together for the last god I guess two and a half years and I could not be more proud of you I'll get emotional oh, I could stop. not be more proud of you I really could not because I've seen I've seen the whole thing I've seen mm-hmm. the whole thing um you know you know I'm so thrilled for you and Callum um that you're engaged I really am and I'm so proud of you that you know it's like this is the cherry on top and yeah you are an absolute beacon shining light in our <laughs> really are and I just have to say before we wrap up like um you you guys whoever joins GYS you will get to know Hannah very well yeah yeah Hannah is there there a cat in your room snoring oh my god can you hear her I was like what is that I was like wait (laughs) you see her wait look oh my god cute what's that one called Fifi Fifi Hello, you were snoring darling oh well that might give people like a soothing feeling (laughs) yeah I know well it is isn't it it's quite soothing yeah my darling well listen you've been an amazing amazing guest thank you so much for having me it's been lovely absolute pleasure thank you everyone for listening you if you join us in the GWAS program you will uh, obviously get to know me and Hannah a lot better in the Facebook community and if not I really hope that you've got as much out of this episode as I have love you lots bye and that's a wrap Thank you so much for tuning in for this episode. I hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as I enjoyed recording it for you. Now, if you want to remember 2020, not just as the year COVID sent the world stark raving mad, but as the year that you totally transformed your romantic life and fell deeply in love, I hope you'll join us for my incredible love coaching program, Get Your Soulmate, which has helped hundreds of women from all over the world attract their dream relationship and in some cases get engaged, married and pop out a few little sproglets too. Enrollment is only open for a few days, so head to getyoursoulmate.com now to find out more. The link is also in the show notes for this podcast episode. 
On that note, if you got value from this episode, I would be so grateful if you'd like, share, subscribe, and leave me a review to help the podcast rank higher so that it can reach other people who want or need the support. So see you next week, my love. I release a new episode every Tuesday. But until then, remember, love is coming for you. So surrender to the festival that is life on planet Earth and trust that what misses you was not meant for you and what's meant for you will not miss you, including your soulmate. <laughs>